Welcome to another episode of the Grizz Den Pod. We're recording from Dixie Pickers, where we just launched some shirts uh, to buy in store and some online. Shirts. We got some uh, some fire fire apparel for you. Um, <laughs> so that's the plug I'll give. You're going to hear a lot more about this later on. Um, we have Will Frazier um, with Grind City Designs and Dylan Waxer, who's going to from Dixie Pickers, who are going to talk about their um, campaign earlier in this year uh, amidst the pandemic and what they did to um, raise um, a lot of money to donate meals through the Mid-South Food Bank. It's a really incredible story. Um, and also, uh, Will Frazier brings an all-time story after brings that. Brings the heat. So um, get excited. <laughs> um, we're going to we're gonna start off, though, um, this podcast uh, sort of mourning a loss in a way. But it's a loss that we never really, we haven't really had yet. Uh, Justice Winslow injured his hip um, in a practice a few days ago, and it was, uh, he tweeted out, or Instagrammed, one of the two, from his personal account, saying that he was not going to be playing in this bubble. Um, And then the team later confirmed, but what were your first thoughts when you saw that news come down? Real tough. Super sad. I think the most fun interesting excited part of the Grizz coming back to me uh was to watch him play to be honest um we've already kind of hashed out what he can bring uh, what his addition means to the Grizz what he can do as a player um I was really excited to watch Jenkins work with him in lineups and see exactly what all he could do um it's such a huge bummer, man, because, like, the guy's been hurt so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but he has not played a ton of games in his four-year career. Um, and when he has played, like, he's he's been very productive. Um, so productive that I'm pretty sure um, – I think a team offered, like, fir- f- like three or four first-round picks for him. Um, oh, for the, the trade yeah, in the draft, yeah. it was the Celtics, and I they think. said no. Yeah. yeah, like I don't know. I just think he's. I forgot he could about be great. That. Yeah, like he was a. That's crazy. Big deal coming in. Um, he had proved it with his play, and I was just really excited to watch him play with all the guys. And apparently, he like there was a little interview before where he was just acting a fool, like howling like a dog. Oh yeah, saying like he's got the jaw. That, that went Grizzlies on. viral. Wearing the jaw sleeve. He's Wearing got jaw like jaw sleeve. powers. So yeah. I'm just I'm really bummed. It hurts. It hurts a lot. Um. Also strange, like it was a non-contact injury, what they said. From from what I'm kind of gathering, he fell on it, is my guess, which you would think would be a bruise of some kind. Uh, but nothing. also, that's the other weird thing, no details came out. Like mm. n- It's just like he injured his hip and he's done for the bubble, and that's it. And he expects to be back a full go at the beginning of next season. Yeah, um, that's all we really know right now. Which it was noted that it's it's interesting at the beginning of next season because that could also be in twenty twenty. So it doesn't necessarily mean yeah. like that could very well start in December. December, yep. Um, Projected which I know they're probably day, hoping. So it's not like this is a this is an out for a year, quote unquote injury. Right. The season has got has got different connotations to it for sure. Right. Good point. Historically, yep. it's like you know we're guaranteed eight games. We're hoping that we get at least you know two to or, you know, six more yeah. um, after kind of the regular season thing. I will say I, my my initial reaction um, wasn't as much bummer from a, like, this really stinks, um, his injury. I mean, obviously, I'd, like, really hate that that is happening to him. But I, I feel like whether – I can't remember if we talked about this explicitly on a podcast or not or just kind of in our uh, random banter that we do just in general as friends. But, like, his injury history is one of the things that definitely came up in the trade, right? I think we talked about – when we, we gave up two vets that I think you, you couldn't measure directly their impact on this team um, – and took back on Deion Waiter's salary, which is around $13 million on the books for next year. Yep. And Justice is on the books um, for two more years. Yep. So um, 
so there's a lot of like kind of dorky salary implications to all of those things. It really just impacts next year. Would we go out and make a big free agent target um, and sort of hurt maybe what we do in the future? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But um, that was kind of my immediate reaction was just like, man, I hope I don't, I'm not going as far as saying like, this is another Parsons thing because it's not, that's a really silly comp because Winslow has never been healthy. He's really never had a season where he's been completely durable. And I mean, honestly, like that to me, I am, my immediate reaction was, I know that we had maybe this like visions of grandeur with him, like being this like centerpiece of this young core moving forward. And I'm going to be honest, my reaction immediately was he's not because of this. And I don't necessarily want that because he does have so much upside that that's going to always maybe merit a bigger salary for him that I don't, I mean, there's still more to come, but like that kind of um, feebleness, if you will, like makes me really hesitant to want to like lock him up and think about him as a long-term fit for this team. Real quick. Just to give y'all a little bit of perspective, so you just said he's never really been healthy. Some stuff to bring that to fruition. You about here. to call me out, bring it around. No, I'm not. Okay, I'm about thanks. to. You're going to support. You. You're going to support me. Thank Pretty you. Pretty much. Uh, first season <laughs> came in the league. 2015-2016 uh, was his first year in the league. Played 78 games, four shy of a full season. Next season, 18, uh, and then 68. It's not terrible. Uh, 66. Not terrible, but not great. You know, we I would say yeah, like played seven, over yeah, played. He started last season. Started fifty two of sixty six. And games. remind our listeners how many games are in a season. Eighty two. Okay, there we go. Uh, so seventy eight, eighteen, sixty eight, sixty six, and this season eleven games played. Um, I would argue if you play low seventies, that's a pretty healthy season. Like that's pretty good. And he's hasn't hit that mark but once his rookie year. Um and how and he's fairly young, right? I mean he he, is he was one and young. done. He's yeah, I think he's twenty three right now, potentially twenty four. All right, so I am kind of on the opposite side. I think that Of who? Of you. Okay. I think. Because I that was not um for a few reasons. Number one, okay could you argue that he is injury prone because of the history we just mentioned? And then I, okay. Okay. So you could, you could go both ways, I think with this argument, but basically we had covered when we traded for him, that was one of the things we brought up as maybe a negative of the trade. Um, but everything that he's injured has been, it hasn't been like one thing it's been over different. and over. It's yeah. not like a Parsons knee. Like it's always been these different things, which you, I guess you could come back and say counterpoint, like he's injury prone, like he can injure anything. Um, but I think that the it did not seem as if this was a serious injury. Um, I had argued on two podcasts ago when we came back and talked about the bubble how I was very much on the side of caution in all of this. Like I, I think it's if true. like John Morant's even like trips and like looks like he's landing wrong, like I'm he's done. I'm da- yeah. down to pull With him. You. Like, because it comes back to, like, the legitimacy to me of what's going to be this title and all that philosophical discussion that we've already had. But I, like, I don't even, this to me was going to be bonus Justice Winslow time. Because if they had just come in and said, like, we're just going to go ahead and shut him down for the bubble, um, I would have been fine with it. Like, I was also excited to see it. Like, I still feel sad that we're not going to see it. But at the end of the day, I don't think that that is going. To, I don't think that this is something that we should look at as a um, as a future oriented um, projection of what we think he can be. I think this is going to be super temporary. I hope he comes back really healthy, and I think he could actually be like this piece. I don't think he's going to bring us to the promised land. Like yeah. I think you still need one more piece, Buddy Heald. Can I just about. ask you one question? Yeah, go for it. What? What? Because I may have missed it. What did you see that made you think it wasn't serious? Um, Not this st- particular injury, but just... This in- no, no. Uh, this, this, injury, this particular said, injury? In your, in your argument, you said that you did not... What you were seeing, you did not think that this injury was serious. Because of the expectation that he would be back for next season. Which is like which six is months not Meaning no far surgery. Away. Meaning probably... I don't know if they said no surgery. I don't think it is surgery. Uh, I To me, it seemed like... 
you know, it could be a, I don't know if it's a bone, if it's a muscle, whatever, but like, I didn't have one me, response or the other. I didn't see anything that made me think if we knew any information other than he's just not playing. So that's we what don't. I'm curious. I may have missed we it. We don't no, know honestly. anything else. You're we right. We don't. Yeah. And, but to me, I feel like, you know, and we might learn more, you know, we, I doubt it. we might have, yeah, I don't know, but we'll see like, for instance, if they do end up having, they go through this bubble, they come back and they have training camp, and if Winslow isn't playing, to me, that's when the concern starts. Right. Yeah. So I am very much a believer in Winslow and his like fit with this team potentially. Um, I'd be like, uh, I love the like chemistry as far as just the off court stuff that we've seen just in the last week with him um he seems to be buying in already um so i i am very much hopeful yeah even with this injury and uh i think that if you could get a guy like winslow playing um 70 games i would be really happy for sure and it, between 60 and 70 i'm still at like a seven out of ten on like the happiness scale with him but i also think that like it's just an incremental piece like i don't think he's our answer and i think that um i think that again like brantley you mentioned how he's as financially it's not it's not a huge impact so no it's not but it is more than dylan brooks per month per per, per season yeah it, he's on the books he's for on more 13 than dylan. right yep 13 per year just for the next 13 two. dylan is a little less than 11 starting out and i think creeps up to 11 by the time it's all said and done yeah so yeah. it's not it's not a ton, but in terms of considering him, because I think one of the things we've talked about, and this is what made me think, is in this is maybe maybe too long on this one subject, but is is the seasons like the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three seasons are like when the gri- that's when we're primed. Like right. assuming we're healthy, we've got all this cap space, we should be looking towards those seasons as taking advantage and like making a huge run potentially. And Winslow's not on the books for those two seasons so I'm sort of like I in my head I'm constantly just like I don't even really necessarily care about what we do these next two seasons as long as it doesn't impact those like I'm sort of building towards those so like to me like Dion Waiters not being on the books in those seasons it doesn't matter to me Justice not being on the books in those seasons I don't really care like I'm more about like developing like the what we know is our true core and what I think is BC, Jaron, and Ja, I think we've got some other, like, maybe tangential players like DeAnthony or BC that, or um, Dylan that we're sort of wondering if they're part of the core or not. Um, so that's my whole argument is, like, is he worth 13 even those years? And I would say right now, just because of injury proneness, no, but I'm sort of rambling too much on this one subject. Yeah, last, yeah, last thing I'll say <clears throat> um, – is my expectations when we made the trade is that he could be a part of that long-term core. I think all yeah, of us same. would agree. I, I have um, the same. Brantley, yeah. you may be a little bit negative on that as, as, as far as me and Will go. Um, but I was thinking that you, you, you would hope he might could, right. but they didn't, they're not committing to anything. True. In my heart, I was. I'll tell you that. <laughs> True. Which this is a fan podcast, so it's right. okay but, to say in your heart. Yeah. You're, but that's a win-win. I, if you got a guy that you, you're right. It's a low risk, high reward. You're yeah, right. Still, you're right. And everything yeah. y'all have said made makes sense. It's not eighty million of Chandler Parsons for four years. Exactly. It's not that. Right. But at the same time, like we are in building asset mode. Right. We're trying to collect as many assets as we can. We've talked about this before too. Whether that's draft picks or young players, whatever it may be. But I didn't view just – I've truly viewed him as, like, this could be a guy that could be a Grizzly for a decade. Like, he could be a staple with our team. for, And I'm not saying he can't be that at all. But I was really anxious and excited to get that in my, in my head, what I thought was going to happen, get that started. Yeah. And we're just really hitting a hard pause. Um, and it sucks to not be able to, like – to see, see that come because yes. I'm with, I mean totally I love I love his personality I, all the like he the fan things the and stuff best. that you're saying I'm in like yeah, so love in. his hair love his personality love the like great hair defensive mentality that he brings yes. to the game love his fit with the players all that kind of stuff like yeah. I want to commit to him right now exactly yeah but it is tough um, it just hurts it just it's it so does sad. it does that's that's the just definitely the moral of the story when you listen to this pod tomorrow morning <laughs> we're all guy yeah. We love you. Get well soon. <laughs> yeah, so we have, uh, if you're listening to this, 
on Friday, July 24th, uh, you we will have played or will be about to play our very first scrimmage coming back um, from this mini training camp that they've had. We play the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, games have been going on now for a couple days. Um, have y'all have y'all caught any of the the scrimmages? They've been like in the middle of the day, so it's been kind of tough. But uh, on the record, from a work perspective, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did. It's whenever like uh, I think we were all joking about like the John Hollinger re- like quote oh, retweet the of Nuggets like the starting, starting lineup. lineup with like Jokic at the one, and yes. he was like OMFG. <laughs> of like I immediately was like, is my season ticket enabled? I need to get on and like watch yeah. this right now. And I did, and it was like midway through the second quarter or whatever, and he wasn't playing the one. But I did get to see some of those bull bull highlights, like in he real time. He didn't look terrible. He looked sort of <laughs> decent. He didn't look terrible. Yeah, it's been interesting because it definitely does feel like summer league. Uh, it's it really funny to yep. see the types of stuff that they've been implementing for like whoever the quote unquote home team is. <laughs> they have like these video boards yeah, so with like, like let's go Clippers or let's go Clips or yeah. defense defense. Yeah, it's so strange. Yeah, and the announcing videos are really at the top of the screen are pretty strange. Yeah, it but, is. But hey, we got basketball. We got live ball. We back, have live baby. Grizzlies basketball. Let's coming go. back tomorrow. Need it. The 76ers, which will be fun. They're just a fun team anyway with a lot of storylines. Both teams to me now with that Winslow is out. Um, you know, 76ers have a, they're trying to figure out what the best rotation is for them. We are now, too, we are in yeah. that same situation. Totally. Um, Kyle was starting for us yep. leading up to this point. So I'll ask you guys this and just tee this up. What is like the one thing that you're really going to be watching for in this particular like scrimmage or over this period of time prior to next week's official kickoff? I feel like a few things, <clears throat> but like I said earlier, my a week ago, my number one thing was like, I can't wait to see how justice is implemented into our yeah. lineup. Mm-hmm. That was what I was most excited about. So when he got hurt, my I was still thinking like <clears throat> lineups, right? What does our starting lineup look like? Who not only like starting lineup, but like who do we finish with? Like what's our closing lineup? If you listen to the podcast last time, we kind of mentioned like who are our top eight. And we threw out like 10 guys in a heartbeat and we were like, I don't really know. We kind of narrowed it down. So one guy in particular that I'm watching extremely close, closely is JJ, not Jaron, but Josh Jackson. Just two. Not three, just two. Um, I don't know if he should start. At the three, to be honest, it would it make a ton of sense. Being honest with you, um, defensively, too, defensively, be a great. Uh, Kyle's also though he hasn't he hasn't shot the ball terribly. He's yeah. not lighting it up, but he's at least has a pulse shooting. Whereas Kyle Anderson, you can't like non-existent. Um, so I was thinking we had we had also kind of hyped up Josh the last you know few games. So I looked up his stats. This is per thirty six minutes. The last ten games that we've played. Um, just going to run through it really quick. So 10 games, um, last, uh, yeah, 36 minutes, 22 and a half points on 46% shooting with basically 37% from three. If you implement and like, that's arguably better than Jay Crowder, who was starting for a long period of time at the three. I don't know. I just I think lineups too are really going to be really fun to watch. What Jenkins does, and I just really want to see Josh get consideration with the starting lineup, and I think he will. But that's one thing, and also a big question mark this summer, right? What does he do? What do we do with him? Um, especially like Will, you mentioned like this is. I don't want to say dress rehearsal, but it's almost like this doesn't really matter as much. Let's just kind of see what we got. I think that's a huge reason to play Josh a ton of minutes. Um, and to see kind of what he's continued to improve on. So I'm going to be watching Josh probably more than anything, to be honest. I think maybe mine is a little bit more um, uh, less less tactical and maybe more just like these two scrimmage games for us really matter to get into a rhythm because these first couple of games we have to win. Totally. If we're gonna if we're gonna hold the eight seed. 
um, with a substantial lead and maybe keep like, you know, whether how many games we maintain, but we just keep at least three to four so that we kind of have the advantage going into the play-in game so that we have to get beat twice to go to the playoffs just to kind of remember everybody, of the, remind everybody of the format. Um, like, I don't think we can get off – a slow start is not a thing. So, I mean – uh, rotations, I think, will, will certainly matter, um, obviously. Uh, I, but I really think, are we are we getting off to a hot start, treating these things seriously, maybe breaking off the rust a little bit more? Maybe that's – we talked about that last week, like you're seeing a scrimmage just a ton. Yeah. Um, may, maybe a lot of teams are doing that, but I, it feels like that's all the footage we're really seeing. It's just us just hitting it five-on-five five hard um, all the time. And maybe that's part of the reasons, like looking at the schedule, you never really know what's going to happen in the East. Maybe there's a chance we get a couple games easier like we talked about. But, um, I mean, the rust has got to really be broken off against Portland next Friday. I mean, that's a game. You, you look at Big it. Big game. It's Biggest a huge game. game. Of the eight to me. I mean, I you got to win it. I mean, yeah. it sets momentum up. It's it's going against, you know, Dame and Mello and all those guys. Like, And you crushed them last time they were in Memphis. Um, so that's sort of maybe kind of principally, I'm just looking to looking for rust and seeing how much is broken off or not. Yeah, I think it's interesting. So the thing I'm looking for is you had, uh, three guys in particular who were out, um, when we initially went, when the NBA was suspended, that was Jaron, Brandon Clark and Grayson Allen. Um, we, as a sort of stopgap solution, which then became sort of, uh, uh, do we have something here with Josh Jackson uh, John Conchar and Anthony Tolliver, who Tolliver is a guy who I, he just signed the longest 10 day contract basically <laughs> in history. Um, but he's re-signed for the remainder of this, uh, the playoffs as long as it goes for us. But those guys, how do you reconcile the, um, guys? I mean, obviously Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson, no brainers, Grayson Allen, where does he fit now in this lineup? Is he going to be, um, is he going to be the first one off the bench at the two? Is Melton going to be, you know, I, I'm interested to see how Jenkins is going to experiment with the different groups. Cause we have so many guys now. Yeah. I mean, we brought 17 to Orlando. Yeah. Now Winslow isn't going to be available, but we have the mm-hmm. depth. Now you have to start figuring out what your rotation going to be. Cause honestly, this, as soon as we start the, seeding games we have to treat it like the playoffs if we really want to to legitimately have a chance um because the pelicans which we'll end our uh this first segment with uh everybody's singing their praises of course they have the quote-unquote easiest schedule they have to play the clippers though clippers and the jazz right out the gate so us beating the blazers um the pelicans are our third game if we can take the blazers and the pelicans I feel great. And then I would love to somehow, some way, clinch the eighth seed maybe halfway through the bubble, which then gives Jenkins an opportunity to maybe work in some more guys. Um, So I think right out the gate it's going to be interesting to see what his decisions are rotation-wise. And then what does when when the rubber meets the road, who are the guys that he's going to trust? Or is he just going to spread it out and just be like, here, Whoever's playing well tonight, that's who we're going to go with, and be because that's what he's done. Yeah, I mean he's been that way. So Jenkins, I guess, is the short answer to that question. It's just his decisions. To watch. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, and then Tolliver is going to be fun. He's about like our our main shooter, I guess you could say he's, off the bench. He's the guy, unless Grayson is hitting. Um, all right, so we've got a few minutes left here before we get to our interviews. Um, listen, we just wanted to carve out some time just to hate on the Pelicans because they're getting way too much love. They're the nationally. worst. I don't understand. It's so frustrating. <laughs> Parks and Rec. The worst. The worst. John Ralphio. The <laughs> worst. <laughs> oh, that was much better <laughs> than my impersonation. <laughs> Yo, that was tied. That, that was ever. really good. Yeah. Dude, you really get to that falsetto pretty I solid. Love John Ralphio. He's the man. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that one more time for I us? I can't. It's just one <laughs> time. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. So what, are the, what do you hate the most about the Pelicans? I hate that they're in New Orleans because wow. New Orleans is a cool city. Oh, yeah. They just make it like worse. That. Yeah, they make it worse. 
Um, I hate that Zion has played 18 games and everyone has just crowned him a savior. That is the worst. I also that, love the fact one. that they're like eight and ten in those 18 games. They basically have. Would you say it one more time? They're, they're say that one more time. They have a it's essentially a losing record. They, as the Pelicans, the yes. New Orleans Pelicans, yes, have a. It's not essentially a losing record. It is it's a, a losing, losing record. record with Zion in the lineup. But of course, everyone's like, oh, when they have Zion in the lineup, they're a top five offense. And oh, if they could just get a little bit better on defense. They could be awesome. That's just like stop. Like look at the look at the stats. Look at the games. A, they're loaded. Like talent they wise, they are a fantastic team. They should be ten games ahead of us minimum, and they're not. And I just hate this love. Like I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast this past week where they talked about the Grizz and the Pelicans. There's he's doing like this. Where the hell were we? Podcast just kind of recapping some teams, and the podcast was an hour long. He did 15 minutes on the Grizz and 45 on the Pelicans. That should just tell you everything you need to know. It was with Stan Van Gundy, and they were like, tell me about the Grizz. Oh, Jaws, fun to watch. That kid out there is just really playing hard. And that was literally it. Tell me about Pelicans. Oh, how long do I have? Yep. Just deep diving into this stuff, and it's like they are like well below 500. Like their record's terrible. Did y'all see the Colin Cowherd? They were 6-22, and 22, I'm pretty sure, to start the season. He, his, he was rattling off like his awards because they just announced when like the awards are going to be voted Coward's on and everything. Worst, he said Zion is his number one, and it's because... Do you remember the reason? It's because John Morant hasn't scored 30 points in a game. This and he has, season. by the way. He scored 30 points against Brooklyn. <laughs> it's like the fourth game of the year. He okay, also no. blocked Kyrie and had a game-winning assist to Jay Crowder. So what's your Colin st- Cowherd! <laughs> Hey, give, Where you give at, your boy bro? Ty a shout out because yeah. he got you. Seriously, and it's just hilarious. So like the you're awarding a rookie of the year, which is a big deal. Kobe like, White had 30 points in a game. Does, right, he, does he also exactly, deserve rookie of the exactly. year? You're, you're, is that exactly. what you're trying to tell me? Yes. It's just that's just dumb. That's just if stupid. that's your measure. It's ridiculous. So ridiculous. Brantley, what do you hate about the Pelicans? Does anybody go to Smoothie King still? No! That's the name of their freaking arena, the Smoothie King Center. Who goes there? What is the Smoothie $5 King? $5 Fridays. Like, who is the Smoothie King? Like, Tell me why? who it is. Yeah, it, I don't know. But like, And then their logo is terrible. They're the, a pelican? Who's scared of a pelican? The cans, man. Come on. Like, yeah, that's, that's It's the like worst. the worst logo ever. And, and I just like terrifying. So it's not like the Grizzlies have had – like enormous amount of success as a franchise, but we've been to the Western Conference Finals. We've had some runs. More than the what grit they and grind has an identity. Who are who are the Pelicans besides like the team that everybody sometimes with us links to like being sold? But like it's not even a basketball town. They, they're New Orleans is now trying to act like they care about basketball because of, of Zion. Zion. That's it. And I think I think maybe that's just where. Memphis could – the Grizzlies, I don't think this is going to happen, but maybe 10 years from now they're gone, right? Memphis will still be a basketball city Absolutely. when the Grizzlies leave. And I, no one will convince me of that otherwise, whereas the New Orleans like has lots of cool things going for it, but a basketball town is not one. Don't come at me acting like you've got all this pride in your basketball franchise because you've got this player who you think may transform the game. And I, I'm honest, like he's not going to. He's good. I love this. He's good. He is going to be a decent – he's going to be a like an all-star player because he has hype, but he is not John Morant. John Morant is transforming Let's the game go, right now, the way that he drives in the lane, the way that he finds his players, the way that he scores. He is – we the NBA will remember John Morant before they remember Zion Williams when their careers are over. Oh, I love down. this. Ask Aaron Baines what he thinks about John Morant. Or Kevin Love. Or Kevin Love. Or AD, for that matter. Man, ask him how his shorts taste. I just, I mean, it's just to me the we're so used to being written off in Memphis. I love that too. And now it used to be, it used to be for the uh, you know the Lob the City big markets. Big one, yeah. The you know we're just forgotten because we're against these. You know, in the Golden State, famously when we were playing them uh, in the playoffs in I think 2015, the big promo. Every other promo before these ESPN games had, uh, you know, the best player from both teams. And the Golden State one, they had, like, Clay, Dre, and stuff. Like, didn't even mention the Grizzlies. Yeah. And it was just, like, sort of this – that we're used to that when it comes to a big market versus a small market. Now, New Orleans, on the other hand, is 
considered a small market when it comes to NBA circles, and yet the Grizzlies are still written off. There's still this um, stigma about um, Memphis and how, yes, we did overachieve. We did, um, you know, but you got to look at the facts. Like Ty was saying, like 8 and 10 when Zion plays. That's it. Like, and who's to say that that will automatically like take a 180 when they start playing these scrimmage games Everyone because they so. do not if anything they should be everybody to me should have been thinking the opposite because New Orleans if we're looking at it realistically and looking at both schedules back when pre corona they to me were the more likely team if I were to actually have to say like on the record yeah they have a ton because of talent they literally had they had a great they have a great core you know, they Grizzlies and Pelicans to me both have very bright futures, but their schedule was literally cake after a few games. And so, but now you come to the bubble, there's only a couple teams that probably shouldn't be there. The rest of them are vying for a playoff spot. They everybody yeah. cares. Like, who's to say that New Orleans is actually going to come in and be a different team? Totally. My, yeah, to your point. So, preseason, preseason stuff most of the time is stupid anyway. No one really. Right. It's Especially amazing the that these teams. guys, this is their life, this is their job, their livelihood is to talk about NBA, and half of them, like at the end of the season, have no idea. They were all wrong at the beginning, which is just hysterical to me. But I guarantee you all of them had New Orleans, not only in the comfortably in the playoffs, but like maybe even a top six seed, right? And they are well outside of it. They're a darling. Well outside. Yeah. We were projected to be either dead last or second last in the West. And we're in the playoffs. What frustrates me is which storyline do you hear more about? Oh, New Orleans. Man, they have so much. They just haven't gotten together yet. Or this Grizzlies team was projected to win 26 games, and they're in the eighth seed. You never hear that. Like, it's all about New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. But if you look at, like, the true, amazing, incredible, unfathomable storyline to start the season, it's the fact that the Grizz are even in the playoff hunt at all. Right. is unbelievable. So here's what will be interesting to me. So new season potentially begins in December. I've sort of I've said multiple times from a marketing perspective, I get why the story is being pushed. They locked into so many national TV games, they wanted to have good ratings, advertising blah 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 blah, whatever. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Yeah, whatever. Okay. So when the new TV rights come out and the, and the new kind of like schedule comes out, Jaws must watch TV. Must watch TV. So I would imagine that we should get more publicity on national TV, and I think the stories are going to follow. That's my. That's sort of a little bit of my projection on it. Now, if that doesn't start to happen, and I'm kind of like, I'm like you will. I've historically sort of understood we're we're a small market team. I get why we're not going to be the major storyline. That's I understand it. But when you have a talent that is truly generational like Ja, totally. we as a fan base have to demand him to be a story. So it's different when you've got like the, the grit and grind era was cute. It was awesome. Like cute may be a derogatory term, but it was like this super it identified with the city, all the things that we've talked about in a way that was very analogous. Ja is different. Jaw is a talent that if we're not if we don't support him like a superstar like Kevin Durant was supported and r- really come around him there's he he could be gone right and and a big market team may come and get him we have to have big market mindset as a small small small, small market town and that's kind of one of the things that like as a fan base I want us to try to rally behind because it I I don't want to say that we really matter but I think we do sometimes matter in these types of things I agree. An encouraging point, encouraging response to that is you've seen small market teams with big stars be very successful. First one that comes to mind is Westbrook and OKC. OKC was coming from Seattle. Half the country was upset that Seattle lost their team. Seattle is an amazing sports city. And they go to Oklahoma City. But Westbrook was so transcendent that he put them on the map all the time. Um, Okay, we've been trashing New Orleans, but... Why have they been on national television? Is it because they're a good team? No. It's because they have a marketable player, right? right? We have a marketable player right now. Jaw is that marketable player. And I think going forward, we will receive that exactly what you're talking about. National televised games, 
hopefully Nike adapts him. I know he's been, speaking of adapt, no pun intended, he's been wearing the adapt shoes, which are dope. i got to buy some of those. Um, so you have, he is marketable for sure. And I think that in especially today's world, y'all are obviously both in marketing, so y'all understand how it works. Small markets can survive and maybe even thrive if you have a guy like that. And I think we do have a guy like that. And I think you're right. Memphis has to do its part to do everything it possibly can to show him that. And, yeah, just to be like, hey, we got you. Kind of like Super Duper Dreads last week was like, we got you. It's yeah. a different city, man. Like, yeah. we have your back unlike any other city that you're going to be in. Yeah. This is the last thing I'll say. Um, and then we can wrap up unless you guys I have more. I could go all night. Um, Pell's hate. <laughs> I have obviously been on the record. I even mentioned it again that I thought that this whole bubble thing, you know, take it or leave it. I'm glad it's back, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm ready for next season, looking looking ahead. I now, after this conversation, have just a renewed energy about just keeping New Orleans out of the playoffs. Gosh. Like, once the if we can keep them out of the playoffs, to me, this has all been worth it. Totally. And after whatever happens after that is gravy. I just want everybody um, in their high and mighty, you know, opinionated chairs uh, with microphones in front of their faces that aren't us uh, to just get what's coming. They're the new Clippers. We have to adopt the Pelicans as the new Clips. Yeah, because it, it really is. It's a turf war almost at this point. Yep. Same division, same area of the country, same risk of maybe one day being shipped off to who knows where. Yep. Um, so, yeah, let's rally around it. Let's kick the Pels' ass. <laughs> let's go, baby. <laughs> All right, guys, we got a great interview coming up. Stick around. Uh, we're recording at uh, Dixie Pickers. Uh, we've got Dylan Waxler with Dixie Pickers. You know, I don't know your official title. I'm sorry, but you can say that and Mike drop that here. I call second. him the Prince of Dixie Pickers. Okay. If Damon, his father, the owner, is king, he's the prince. And that's Will Frazier jumping in pre-introduction. No, <laughs> su- no surprise of uh, Grind City Designs. Um, you know, we've talked on our podcast previously actually about both of these brands, and now we're super uh, enthused to actually be here chatting with them about um, some of their story that's happened um, kind of in the middle of this pandemic uh, and not kind of, but definitely in the middle of this pandemic and how they sort of partnered together um, to, to serve the city. And then we're, they're also Grizzlies fans. So we're just going to like do what we always do and talk about the Grizzlies. So first um, maybe with just without any more introductions, Memphis strong took off here in the city how did that happen? What what were the final results? How how did y'all get there? Just tell the story and talk about it a little bit with this all. Yeah, I'll jump in. This as well. My uh, version is probably going to be longer than it should. It should be short because we had very little to do with it. So we, you guys know, we started working with you guys maybe a month or so before uh, we met the Dixie Pickers folks. Dylan reached out and we had a plan to kind of get going and then COVID happened and we were like, uh, so what are we going to do? And then, um, I remember I was working from home at a temporary desk and get a call from, uh, Damon and Dawn, his mom was like, we've got an idea. I was like, I'm all into ideas. Let's, let's, let's figure it out. And, uh, I'll, uh, let you jump in and tell them what you said. And then, you know, it, it worked. Uh, yeah, it was just one of those, you know, we were closing our doors as most businesses were. Um, and with Grind City Designs, all the shirts are made to order. Um, so what better way to start a fundraiser um, with the Mid-South Food Bank and with Grind City Designs? At first, you know, we didn't know what um, fundraiser we wanted to find. We looked at a couple and Mid-South Food Bank was perfect with everything going on. Um, and the response was incredible. You know, we thought we'd raise some meals but we never thought we'd raise 45,000 meals 45,000 and so that was awesome and then it really it took off when coach Silverfield and the Memphis Tigers he bought shirts for his entire staff and that's when it really kind of gained some attention and we started doing some interviews here and there uh, with some news stations and then um, and you know we're still selling the shirts um, in the store but um, we just we never thought that impact would be that big, and it was one of those. I live downtown and driving downtown every day uh, from the store to downtown, and um, 
we I passed by. It's right over um, by Midtown Donuts, and I almost thought it was like a race or something going on because there was a bunch of cops. They had the street blocked off. Yeah. Um, but that was one of the locations of the the food bank, and it was just kind of surreal to see everything and how long. And I mean, that they, they really needed it. Um, and it's still over behind Park. The other day I drove by it, and I mean they still need some help. But it was just kind of nice to see two local businesses and do their little part that's awesome yeah so the the mid-south food bank is a phenomenal organization if you look nationwide at food banks um we have one of the best in, in the country and that what they do is incredible and this covid pandemic thing has really unfortunately sort of maybe you could say like sort of widen the income gap, right? Like, so a lot of hourly workers, a lot of, um, lot more of the, um, traditional blue collar jobs have become unavailable, right? You can't work from home doing a lot of those, right? So those of us that have work from home jobs just switched to home and we're like, this is fun, right? No, and then we're not because the kids are bothering us and we're like, shoot me, you know, so it was fun for a minute. And then we're like, this is terrible. But like a lot of people are really out of jobs. And so the food bank and, um, some friends of mine that, um, we, we talked to about this, that are involved in the city and different things said, you know, um, basically, that we had a, you know, kind of a, we have a, we have a food problem in this city, a hunger problem in the city before COVID. And this actually exacerbated it tremendously. So um, the food bank was the perfect organization to partner with. And, um, you know, after four or five interviews with news stations, yeah. Dylan was ready to kill me a little bit. Like, he's like, <laughs> I hate interviews. And I was like, good. I'm sending them your way. Here, here comes Fox 13. <laughs> and then uh, I think Fox 13 was the one where I was, Dylan Waxler and you were Will Frazier, or I was nameless and you were Will Frazier. You were the nameless yeah. man. I don't even think I had a name next to me, or maybe I didn't even get on. Um, we did a like long recording, and like I got a text from like a million people afterwards. It was like, "Dude, you have so much hair now, and you look so young." Yeah, it was like you look great. Like that's fantastic, and you know it's awesome. And you know everybody was, I'm sure, texting him, and be like, "Who is Will Frazier, and why? What is that? Who is that guy?" Yeah. All right, so how did y'all come up with the design? Like, even, like, Memphis Strong, I think, if I remember correctly, was sort of a thing maybe prior to the T-shirts, or am I remembering? I don't, want, it, I don't want that to be the case. I don't know. Okay. I mean, Boston Strong was a thing post the right. bombing, and then everybody kind of stole it. And it was a little weird, like, at first, we were totally honest, because it was like a, it's like a global pandemic. Yeah. And so we're like, Memphis Strong. Like, it's not unique to us, right? Like, the Boston thing was very much Boston. And so we were like, well... Memphis Strong. I was like, actually, my favorite was We Will Grind Through. And we yeah. made a bunch of those designs because I'm like, that's uniquely Memphis in that we're also suffering from this pandemic, but that's uniquely Memphis. However, the world loved Memphis Strong. Right. And, and that was far and away the bestseller. Yeah. And um, so, it, you know, it turned out what it was. So the brainchild behind um, probably all maybe we were involved a little bit like there might have been a chance like we came up with something trying to give myself credit i don't think so but yeah maybe a little bit but i mean the brainchild of how all this is dylan like he's come up with i mean everything you see inside dixie pickers i'll actually i'll pat myself on the back there's two designs in the store (laughs) that i came up with There's like 50 designs in here, so two out of 50 is not bad. But I'm pretty proud of those. That the FedEx Mem 10, the city that delivers, that was all me. <laughs> and then uh, uh, the Mem USA. But pretty much everything else has been Dylan. Like he's he's a fountain of t-shirt ideas. Okay, so 45,000 meals. That's crazy. So Dylan, what? Like, will shut up, Dylan. No, I mean, well, we're just going back and forth. So, like, the fact that a T-shirt design could provide that much food is, I mean, with you guys, sweat equity for sure. Like, how did that? Like, what did that make you feel during this time of like weirdness? I mean, that's got to feel pretty amazing. Uh, I mean, it it felt incredible. Um, And since this is a Grizzlies podcast, um, Zebo, he donated as well. And I think, I mean, it's awesome. I'm happy he did everything that's awesome but for us to match what he was able to do as yeah. two small um local businesses that was kind of pretty cool at the same time yeah dude that's awesome yeah. that's really shout inspiring. out to the city right because the yeah. city got behind it exactly. like big time and 
And we still, you know, you see those shirts rolling around. Ty, appreciate you repping. Um, for those listening on the podcast, you can't see, but he looks really good in a Memphis Strong <laughs> shirt right now. He looks really good always. And it's yeah, crazy. I know that perfectly manicured beard and the Mem Strong shirt, like just it's a mm, deadly combo. So, um, but like the city really bought in um, across the board, and I mean it was awesome. It was really awesome. Well, um, congratulations maybe is the wrong word to say, but it just – the whole time that it was happening, um, you know, because we had worked some together and uh, and just seeing the way it was growing, it was super cool just to see it. I mean, it was like a, a, a viral thing that happened at a, on a very local level um, and helped out a lot of people just by buying T-shirts, which is – sort of nuts but yeah, also no, at the same you, time it's great that y'all yeah you go back happen. to that original conversation like dawn and dylan and i are like chatting about it and we're like well i mean people aren't even gonna see this so like you know we'll just you know what like yeah. we're, we're you know and then all of a sudden we're like oh my gosh it's happening you know like the office that great gif yeah. we're like everyone remain calm it's happening <laughs> it's happening oh my god it's happening well um I, 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 unless if there's any other comments, I do want to move on to maybe some Grizz talk, but I just, it's freaking awesome. And um, I'm proud to, to know you guys as friends that you're able to contribute that way. Cause I think there's, there's no telling that, um, that, that your hearts are that way, which means that there's whenever future needs come up that you'll, I hope we don't have way. one for a long time, but if we do, not a pandemic, we stand ready. Situation. Yeah. Like I hope this doesn't happen again for a long, long time. But if, if it, if it does, we're ready to make the next fundraising t-shirt. We're one, here. One of the reasons we don't want it to happen in a long time is because we're about to get into the regular season um, of basketball again. Uh, and it's July and it's July, which is sort of crazy. Um, so, we're going to jump into some rapid-fire Grizz questions real quick. Uh, first, the Grizzlies play on Friday. Let's get some quick predictions. They have eight games before the playoffs to keep the eight seed. What do you think – or what do you predict is going to happen, not what do you hope is going to happen? Uh, so, full disclosure, I'm a little uh, <coughs> disconnected from the Grizzlies That's right now. I told you there are eight games and, left, and so hopefully yeah, you can yeah, do math. Yeah, so I didn't uh, – yeah, so um, – I think mostly the biggest reason I'm disconnected from the Grizzlies is because they haven't played in a while. And so, you know, I generally just kind of the, like watch the games and that helps me stay connected. Uh, but I'm going to go with a little bit of like Chris Farley when he's, you know, doing the Da Bears. You know, he was like Michael Jordan. He was like, you know, Bulls, 450 points. The pist- Trump the Pistons. <laughs> no, have you not seen that? Where he's like Pistons, but you're, you're 150. But, but, but Michael Jordan will be held to under 200 points. <laughs> so what I'm going to say is the Grizzlies, Grizzlies, eight wins, eight wins. But Ja will be held to under 100 points. Under 100 points. Okay, Dylan. Do you have a more accurate prediction? <laughs> No, I'm probably on the same level as Will here. Um, I don't know. Living downtown, I definitely got more invested watching the Grizzlies and just with the job rant. Um, if anything, it's going to be back on the same scale, but the entire world watching job Morant be exciting. But um, I definitely think we'll make the, the cut to the playoffs, but might might drop a few games, but I think I think it'll look pretty good for us. Yeah, well, Adam Silver clearly wants Zion to be in the playoffs. Like, Heard that. Could, could there not be, like, a more obvious situation that it's like, oh, well, so he wasn't there early and the Pelicans are close, so let's do this, like, play-in play game thing. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's just classic. It's like, dude, Ja's the rookie of the year. He's the hit of the NBA. I know he wasn't the first pick, and Zion went to Duke, and people care about that, I guess. <laughs> Like, they shouldn't. He blew his shoe out. Like, yeah. So, if you blow your shoe out, you're not that good at basketball. Like, I mean, Michael, do Michael, name me a time when Michael Jordan blew his shoe out. Right now. Somebody. Drop it on me. Look, at you got computers Space out. Space Jam, maybe. I'm not really sure. I think there was a scene in Space In that case, that, that was different game. because the really aliens, happened. no, it was totally different. The aliens planted a false shoe in his locker. Totally different. I don't even know if that happened, but, like, totally different. Fact check. So, <laughs> 
Don't fact check me. <laughs> but like, it's just this, it's like this, I mean, you just got to love the chip on the shoulder, the grit grind Memphis that we're like always seeming to have to like play up. Like we never get credit for what we're doing. We've got a like once in a generation premier talent in John, in John Morant. Like, and it's still like, eh, he plays for Memphis. Like, come on, people. Well, we're trying like, to change that. Who's uh, keeping the negativity uh, theme? Who's your least favorite Grizz player? Ooh. Doesn't have to be on the on current the roster. roster. Okay. No, of all time. Yeah, all Who's time. Your, all all time, time, least favorite Grizz player. 100 million percent. Pal Gasol. Wow. wow. Interesting. Such a whiny. Uh-uh. No chance. He might as, he's like a soccer player on the basketball court. Like, look at his facial expressions. Like, he's running around. Now, there's other Grizzlies that have been less productive and less valuable. I mean, he was fantastic for us what he did. But, like, he just... It just annoyed me. Like, you know, he's always out there like, oh, he touched me. Like, and, you know, and just no, no chance. Now, that being said, we did put him on <laughs> our Grizz Dream Team shirt um, because he Shameless was. plug. He was. Shameless plug. There's he, a T-shirt he was, with he, Alex Hoffman. He was really, really talented, but, like, he just, ugh, ugh. Dylan? Uh, you know, I think most people would say Chandler Parsons. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Let's not say most people. Let's uh, Some someone people. here has a soft spot for old CP. So, dude, you got to well, you got to clarify. Are you talking about on the basketball court? Hold on a second. You're talking about on the basketball court in real life because Chandler Parsons in real life is like stud. Yeah, look, can, like everybody's kidding about Mark Cuban loved to ride his coattails at the club. Yeah, you can interpret the question however you want. I, I, I asked it away. The, the, you know, for yeah, a you can have your own reasons. Were you going to say was, is Chandler Parsons your final answer, Dylan? Because you we paid him $80 million for, like, a three-pointer? Yeah, I'll stick to him with my final answer. Okay, so who's your favorite Grizzlies player? Favorite Grizzlies player would have to be Hamed Haddadi. Oh, yeah. Ahmed. Uh, a friend, uh, one of my dad's friend uh, is Hank McDowell, and he told us a story once that all the players on the team loved him because in practice he would just beat you up. Like, he was the perfect practice roster player. Uh, but other than that, I mean, he didn't really contribute too much in games, but he would still be the grandfather of practice, I would say. I uh, actually, um, way back in the day when he was on our team, wanted a Hadati jersey just, like, because he was just this, like, novel thing, and they did not have his jersey available. They had, like, every player. So I went in, and I had to create, like, the create-your-own name and had a cost way more money oh, to yeah, have that. Oh, yeah, I probably added, like, 10 bucks yeah. onto it or something yeah. at the time. But, yeah. So I saw Ahmed Haddadi crawl out of a window at the <laughs> um, – the it was, it was, like, on Madison and, and Front – that like it was like it's something fifty two or whatever is that that apartment building there, uh-huh. and he lived there. But his apartment like um, his window came onto the main deck, like that, like that everybody in that lived in the apartment building had access to. And so we were out there with a bunch of friends um, doing like a dinner. They had community grills and whatever, and so we're doing a dinner. And all of a sudden, like no lie, the window opens, and this like seven six. I don't even know. He was He's huge. really tall. Yeah, like dude. And, like, uh, it's a normal window. So, like, I mean, he opened it all the way. It looked like you and I tra- cr- crawling out of a window pane. Was he coming to hang out with y'all? Did he want some burgers? I don't know why he didn't walk out his door and then to the hallway and then through the main door. Yeah, that makes more sense. But, like, he opened the window and, like, crawled out. And we were like, and I was like, oh, my gosh, look, there's a huge person trying to crawl that window. And, and Patrick O'Connor, who lived there, uh, at the time, and was like, he goes, that's Hamed Adati. He lives right there. And I'm like, what is happening? And he crawled out and was like, hello, everyone. <laughs> like, and he just like came out to chat with us. And he was like super chill. He's got a gigantic hand. Would you give him a handshake? And he like he didn't even like come out for a burger or whatever. He just like crawled out the window to talk to us. I was like, this dude's great. Of course he is. But if I was gonna, I mean, I'm gonna. This is probably cheesy, but like Tony Allen, my favorite Chris, because. There's not a single player, I think, so if you look back, um, you can look back on, like, NBA greats. They defined a team or a generation or a city. There's not been a player like Tony Allen, though, that has defined a team for as long as he had. I mean, we started this company, we called it Grind City Designs. Yep. Like, that dude left a mark on this place yeah it's he, incredible he, what he did just from playing yeah. defense like i mean he couldn't shoot to save his life 
Mm. Like he was really good in warmups. It was weird. He would always make tons of shots in warmups, but in, in like the game, it's like doink, <laughs> you know, like off the rim. He also gave Ty um, a birthday shout out this past week, actually. So respect. Like TA nine with yeah, the birthday shout out to Ty. The birthday shout out. Maybe we can play it later. But it yeah. was very heartfelt, very sweet. Man, just soft-hearted guy. He's, he's, an, he's, on, a, he's on cameo. He's an so angel you can, like, of a man. Pay for him to like say any message that you want. The and, video went like twenty seconds longer and, like, than I thought it was going to. Sarah's <laughs> wife hilarious. paid him to like have, give him a birthday shout out for for Ty's thirtieth birthday, and we played it at my house this past weekend. It's incredible. He Tony. gave Grizzden a shout out. It was amazing. It's true. Uh, and uh, he he did the best interviews. He was like Les Miles meets, you know. I mean, like, it was just, it was awesome. Like, every time he would do his, you know, press conferences, it's like, well, things are about to get unhinged. Uh-huh. Like, we've just, it's like the most, it's like, the, it's like, you know, completely unpredictable. It's Pandora of interviews. Like, he just comes out, and like, we're like, well, here we go. Ask question. Irrelevant. <laughs> Whatever you asked is not at all what's about to come back. Like, something else is coming. Like, we don't know what it is, but it doesn't matter. Like, so reporters would always ask him long questions. And I'm like, what are you doing? Just say, like, hi, Tony. It's uh, Jane from 13 News. Stop. Full stop. And then let Tony go. Like, you know, so speaking, he likes to talk, you know. Speaking I don't of not, get that. Speaking of not knowing what's coming, Frazier, you've talked about having a story uh, in your back pocket uh, about a time. Not in recent Grizz history, but a little bit farther back. But most people will remember. So one of the please, top, please enlighten us. It's it's one of the top moments for sure. One of the top five moments in Grizz history and my life history probably coalesced combined in the same evening. Um, so the night that we beat the Heat when LeBron p- played for. The Heat, nobody remembers that. That was like an irrelevant period in the NBA history. That's not true. A lot um, of people remember that. I, no, I've got to like really, you know, people were like, oh, the Celtics were good. So the Bulls were good. With Frazier right and now. then, so yeah, many. like, no, it really, like, people, it's like, oh, you had Bosch and Wade and uh, nice try. Like, why not? Wh- why did we even, why did we even play the NBA those like three years? Like, whatever. So, but we did because the Grizzlies beat them. At FedEx Forum, Rudy Gay hit a shot at the buzz. It was like a low-scoring game. It was like 90-something to like, you know, like 91 to 89. Well, and it was, it, I, don't know, I think it was, it was it tied or we were down by one. I think we were down by one. And so, like, you had to hit the shot to win. And um, so, rewind the clock a little bit. Big deal. I'm rocking an OJ Mayo jersey, you know, like real reach. And um, uh, I come into a friend of mine's box and I, um, we're like walking in, and, and it was like a late game because I think it was nationally televised, and we'd been on Beale Street, you know, eating appetizers and things um, leading up to that. And um, the the guy, some guy, walks out of the box and is like, "Dude, hey, everybody, like, super, be super calm. There's like important people here." And I'm like, Psh, "Peace!" And like walk right past him. So. Um, I'm going to forget his name, but it was like, it's like a famous rapper. If you said it, I'd know it. He was in there. Um, he was super cool. Uh, but the people that I do remember were like the Memphis you governance. You remember a famous rapper that was in the box? No, if you said it, I would totally know it. Like, um, he's a Memphis guy. Yo Gotti. Yo Gotti. That's who it is. Yeah, yes, okay. yes. He was so great. Like, super nice dude. Um, <laughs> and, and so, and so we're in there. I mean, super Wait, unassuming. They were telling you to be careful around. No, Willie Harrington was the, I think the main reason that they okay, were telling me to be careful. So Will, Willie was in there and Kevin Kane were in there and we're, you know, we get in, I'm like, Psh. so we're like yamming it up. And, and then, you know, long story short, Rudy like he still hasn't hit the shot yet. No, this is okay, throughout sorry, the game. Will, Willie and I become like best friends. Like, so we're just yamming it up and, 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 um, and he's like, anyway, so Rudy hits the shot because there's other things that went on. But like Rudy hits the shot. And at this, but the point was to say I built a rapport with Willie Harrington. And so at that moment, the thing that made the most sense to do, because he's like a tall dude. He's like six, five or six or something, was to completely jump on him and wrap my legs around him. I, and I've so, seen you do this to people before. And so I jumped and threw my arms around Willie Harrington's neck and wrapped my legs around him. And so he's holding me completely suspended in air, and he's jumping. 
and we are jumping together so and we're celebrating the, the leap. And and he loved it. And my friends who are super worried about these political dignitaries being in the box <laughs> were like, "Oh my gosh, what is he doing?" And so and we're just having the greatest time. And he's like, and he, he where's like, Joe Gotti? Hold he on, like, where's Joe Gotti in the middle of all this? He also leapt it, amongst the crew. It probably. wasn't a threesome. It was just you and Willie. No, Yo okay, Gotti chose not to participate in the leap. Okay, um, but it was an epic moment. And then, um, so then, you know, Willie's like, "Dude, you're the man." And he like makes an impromptu speech and says, "Like all y'all in here." You know, in this stadium, wearing heat jerseys, wearing my man right here, wearing an OJ Mayo jersey. Like, you know, that's Memphis. You're like, whatever. And so we're, you know, and it, so we're, we're walking out. The game, we're, you know, proceeding and like everybody's like filing out. And they're about to walk down the stairs. And we're in the lobby going to the elevator. And Kevin Kane is like grabbing Willie and he's like pulling him. And he goes, stop, stop. And he looks back and he goes, I'm not going anywhere without Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> and like he points back and I'm like, what's up? And he goes, Frazier, come on. No. So I'm like, okay. So I just follow him. And my friends are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. And so we, I, I follow Willie and he goes, come on, we're going to 152. And I'm like, what? what? I don't do that. Okay. So we go to 152. And so then we walk in and we're in a, uh, I don't even, I'm not like in the what club floor? scene. Second, so we're second, going third. all the way to the top. Okay. Yeah. Whatever that one is. And um, That's we're, the club. we're in a, we're in, it's like, you know, like doing the whole thing. And we go back and there's like the velvet ropes and these people like let us back. Apparently Kevin like has a, like a minority ownership in this thing or something. And like, we're in the, we're in this VIP area mm. and they're like velvet ropes and like security guards. And it's me and Willie and Kevin and like 12 old dudes. And so we're just sitting there, and they keep bringing us free drinks and no whatever. Yo Gotti, he didn't come with you. Yo Gotti had better things to do, yeah, I'm sure. Sorry, I just um, sure. Then hang out with like me in my 20s, and like these dudes that are like in their 60s plus. So like 11:30 rolls around or something like midnight, and they're like, "We out, like we're tired, like," and they leave. And then I'm stuck in this VIP area, like a 12 by 12 velvet rope area by myself. And I've got three security guards like guarding this area. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of bored. And so I just start like pointing at people in the crowd. And I'm like, y'all come up here. And they walk up and the security guard's like, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, hey, I tap him like they're good. And he's like, okay. And he like lets him in. And I'm like, I don't even know who I am. But like I sat at 152 till like two in the morning and everybody could get up to my VIP area and we just had a ball and everybody's like, who are you? And I'm like, friends of Willie, like, don't worry about it and whatever. And so we just, I just, they left. I sat there for like two more hours and we just crushed it. That's unbelievable. The Wayne Ellington game now becomes the Will Frazier goes to one, five, two game. Basically. Those, Rudy Gay. Those are two different, two different. Oh, two. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the, the Wayne Gellington game, game, game where he game, made like 17 threes. Yeah. yeah, this is the Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay hits the shot from like Always corner baseline. baseline. It yeah. was like probably like a four, 14, 16 yeah. foot jumper. He like drives down to the right, leans back, and like there's an epic shot. There like there's a picture yeah, yeah. of LeBron jumping with his hand up and Rudy leaning back, and it goes over him, and the buzzer expires as that ball is like in midair. And it's just swish. Yeah, that was Brandon, who we interviewed last week. That was his favorite moment, too. Yeah. That's just crazy. I mean, it is iconic. So who knew that Brandon was just enjoying that courtside? <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, up in the 200-level boxes, Will was wrapping legs and arms around longtime Mayor <laughs> Willie Harrington. If you saw Wayne El or uh, Willie Harrison, whatever, Harrington, sorry, I've just combined like five Yes, we would know each we, other. We would know each other, yeah. So he texted me and said he wanted to play golf. No way. He's so the next day he was like, because we chatted about golf, and the next day he was like, dude, let's, let's go catch nine sometime. And I was like, man, that'd be great. And that's where the text stream ended. <laughs> but, like, um, but I'll always have that of like, there was a time when Willie wanted to hit the links with me. Do you still have his number? You want to uh, text him live on the podcast? I, I could do that. <laughs> um, 
Why not? I mean, yeah, I mean, like, why not? I mean, I think he re-ran for mayor, so he might have like purged his phone yeah, records. That's true. You know, like what he was like. Wait a minute, I've been, you know, after my political career, I thought was over, and then I brought it back. Maybe I don't want to like revisit those moments where these like crazy white people just, you know, jumped with their like legs around me. Like, so let's let's like purge that from history. I'm not sure, <laughs> um, but it. I'm trying to imagine. No, so uh, mm, that was the best ending to a Grizz night I've ever had. One of the most fun Grizz games I've ever been at was the um, game six, Oklahoma City. I was sitting on the third row. Uh, if we had won that game, we'd go to the Western Conference Finals, mm-hmm. and we took it to three overtimes. And I was sitting so close that um, Scott Brooks told me to shut up about six times. <laughs> And uh, not Mo Cheeks, but who's the other? Who was like the assistant coach at the time? Like he hated me. And I Kevin, think, I think it was Mo Cheeks. Was it Mo Cheeks? Yeah, I think it was Mo Cheeks. Time. Like Mo Cheeks was just like, you are the pits. Like he hated me. And then uh, and Kevin Durant actually between the second and third overtime was sitting on the scores bench, and I was just saying just v- very sweet, oh, yeah. sweet things to him, and he <laughs> like turned and like looked very un- ungrateful for what. Like niceties, I was. Who is surprised so. there? Yeah. So that was a good time. And then other time, Andrew Bogut, <laughs> Warriors. Uh huh. He played for them. Uh huh. In a playoff game against the Warriors, he and I got into a spat. Uh, I was wearing a Grizz visor and was yelling at him, and he was like, "And he goes, Did you just get off the golf course, bro?'" And I like, no lie. And I'm like, uh, "No." Like, and he was like, and he goes, he was like. And I was like, you're, uh, you know, terrible. Everybody doesn't like you. Like, what's, you know, and I'm saying things. And he was like, he goes, what's your handicap? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what? I'm like, it's better than yours. Yeah. And he was like, I'll steal your girlfriend. I'm not lying. I cannot make it up. Like he said, his, his reply was like, I'll steal your girlfriend. I was, was like, Kristen interested? I was not dating her at the time. Oh, okay. So I was dating no one. So I was like, you can have. This mystery woman you speak of. Like, you're welcome. You were like, like, I just played nine with the mayor. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Willie and I and go way back, and he's a stick, so you can deal. <laughs> well, we're, I think we're right up against our time. Uh, but this is. Sorry, did I just take the whole. <laughs> Dylan, do you want to say something? <laughs> I've enjoyed it. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really appreciate you guys uh, having you guys on and, and what you did for the, for the city and and just everything, and we're excited to see what you guys can do next. We have uh, some Grizzden apparel now available at Dixie Pickers, so in stores. Is it, is it also online? Yes. Well, okay, great. At yeah. Grizzden.com and then at Dixie Pickers. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys. Hey, thanks for having us. This is awesome.